Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. What up? What up, what up? Welcome to the FIGHT podcast, the weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you today. Today, We'll go ahead and cover UFC Fight Night Montauk. We'll see how they're doing out there in Canada. We'll break down the event. And uh, but before we get to all of that, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. And follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. We are on iTunes tunes in soundcloud don't forget to subscribe listen rate and share boom all right um welcome to episode 46 of the fight podcast um We've had a great weekend man a lot of great fights we had UFC fight night Montauk great fight card actually surprisingly a uh, good fight card a lot of finishes that night um but I think the pertinent news are the biggest fights of the weekends that probably had the most amount of stability or the most amount of like you know that actually meant something had to have been one of hbo's last cars this weekend headlined by danny jacobs he went out there and actually won the ibf middleweight title as we remember, Danny Jacobs is with Dazen. Dazen just went ahead and signed. We remember, we just talked about it a couple days ago. They signed Canelo Alvarez for $365 million to the same weight class. And think about this. you ha- They have so many solid middleweights. Not only do they have Canelo and Danny Jacobs, they have Gabriel Rosado. Don't forget about Gabriel Rosado. And those of us who do not know Gabriel Rosado, he had an amazing fight in 2015 against Gennady Golovkin. Yes, he lost that fight. But for somebody that does not have extensive amateur boxing experience, dude is a legitimate beast, man. So there's a lot of news that were going on in boxing this weekend. Of course, again, Danny Jacobs got his W. MMA-wise, more importantly, that came out this weekend was the deal is officially done. One championship in the UFC have officially made the trade 
trading the arguably greatest fighter of all time, hands down the greatest flyweight of all time, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. 12 straight title defenses is now leaving the UFC for one championship, Asia's number one MMA organization. What does the UFC get in return? The UFC gets one of the greatest fighters that has never actually competed in MMA, or should I say in the UFC? They were able to go ahead and get... They were able to get Ben Askren. He's one of the best fighters that has never actually competed in the UFC, and he gets injected right into the best division in the UFC. I mean, a buck 70 as well as 155 pounds are the two premier weight classes in MMA hands down. And to be honest, in all of combat sports, because if you look at 160 pounds in boxing, premier weight class. 147 pounds in boxing, premier weight class. It's the exact same thing in MMA. Everything from 145 pounds to 170 pounds is where you're going to get some of the most compelling matchups. So to have him right there, to have somebody, the UFC gains. Somebody that not only has the skill set to be a possible champion. You remember, Ben Askren has been a champion not only in one championship. He was also the Bellator welterweight champion. He went out and ran through, completely ran through. Two-time former champion, Douglas Lima. Who is currently doing work in the Bellator welterweight Grand Prix. Not only is he doing that. He also beat Andre Korshkov. Andre Korshkov, also former Bellator champion. So, if we look at what Ben Askren actually brings to the table, he brings a lot. He's somebody that not only fights, but he actually has a mouthpiece also. He is one of the best combat sports athletes on the mic. And look, I'm not talking about Conor McGregor. I'm saying racist stuff to people and I'm talking about people's parents and religion and stuff. No, 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 no. I'm talking about strictly trash talking that actually deals with what's going on in between the white lines. Like I can beat you up because I'm better than you type trash talk. Not, look at how much money I make, look at my fancy suits, I'm going to talk about everybody's mama and daddy. That doesn't have anything to do with what's actually going on. Does it sell tickets? Yeah, it sells tickets. And we have seen this consistently with the quote-unquote entertainment era of the UFC. Realistically, let's think about that. How well is it done? The UFC, you can look at it online. They're having the worst statistical year of all time. Yes, they just had a fight with Conor McGregor that broke all the records. 4.2 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah, we know it. But the year as a whole has been a failure for the UFC. Not only has that been a failure, other organizations that people aren't talking as much 
are talking about as much and the athletes aren't talking as much are actually getting a lot, a lot, a lot of play. Look at what Bellator is doing with the heavyweight Grand Prix and the welterweight Grand Prix. That, I can honestly say, has had more buzz than almost anything the UFC has done. One championship. Starting to sign his TV deal with in a, some American network. We yet know what it is. We do not know to this point who it is or what it is. But we do know one championship by the end of this year is going to have an American television deal. Which means we will have four major MMA organizations that are going to be pretty much vying for all of the top prospects. So just like we talked about back in episode 43, I made a point to talk about how and why I was excited about this deal with Ben Askren and Mighty Mouse Johnson. I'm excited because this is allowing athletes the ability to get paid more than anything else. There is not a monopoly in the sport anymore. You have four organizations, five, including Ryzen in Japan right now, that has world-class fighters, world-class competitors. So this money fight era where athletes are talking trash and realistically making the sport look bad, throwing dollies through windows and things like that. Seems like it's coming to an end. And with all of the streaming services that's coming, Dazzin with Bellator, ESPN with the UFC, ESPN Plus, that is, with the UFC. One has their own streaming platform. Pay-per-view is done. That pay-per-view model is dead. And the fact that you have people who are just pretty much selling out pay-per-views is going to get to a point in time where athletes like a Demetrius Johnson, who is strictly an athlete, he does not care about talking trash. He does not care about selling a fight or the promotion aspect of the fight. What does he actually care about? He cares about his legacy and being the best fighter that he can possibly be. Now that we have that much more competition, that is going to be a lot. And we're going to see these type of athletes start rising to the forefront. Because let's look. The last two athletes that the UFC has had. That is going out there to talk trash. And calling names and being ugly to people. And it really made the sport look bad. Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor. How have their last couple of fights have gone? Think about it. Ronda got scuffed twice, has never come back. Now she's playing, she's fake fighting in the UFC or the WWE. Conor McGregor has lost his last three out of his last four fights. So a lot's happening, man. Really, really interesting time in combat sports with streaming platforms and multiple things. But we will talk more about that later on this week in our fight news episode. What do I want to talk about now? UFC Fight Not Montauk, which was actually headlined by Anthony Lionheart Smith and Vulcan Oznamir. 
This fight was good, man. Really solid fight with two fighters. Vulcan Ozunamir is rated number two in the light heavyweight division of the UFC. Anthony Smith, this is his third fight at light heavyweight. He is ranked number 10. Being that you have, these are the two top 10 fighters in the world. Anthony Smith, this is only his third fight at light heavyweight. He is bumping up from 185 pounds because it was too much on his body under his own admission to cut that much weight. And we're seeing this. This is something we've talked about. People who aren't cutting as much weight to compete in the sport. I love it. You should not have to cut a substantial amount of weight in order to compete in a weight class. Athletes are not only are they not making weight. People are having to pull out. Khabib Nurmagomedov, who just beat Conor McGregor at UFC 229 admitted prior to UFC 229 because of the weight cut he had multiple seizures and he still went out there and fought seizures are happening because of a weight cut and we're still allowing this to happen this is detrimental to the sport and not only is weight cutting detrimental to the sport is detrimental more importantly to the athletes you're starting to see other organizations like one that are giving their athletes hydration tests, which I think is a really big deal. We've heard Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience talking about this. We've heard a lot of different other organizations. For instance, Scott Coker, the owner and the CEO of Bellator, he's also discussed this in terms of actually having people take hydration tests prior to the fight. So we're seeing where they're fighting at their optimal weight class. So instead of competing at a buck 70, what's weight division, when you're actually at your peak, you're closer to 185 pounds. So ideally, they're having these athletes bump up in weight classes. And that's why in the past, I've spoken so <laughs> aggressively about actually having a 165 pound weight class. Adding weight classes in MMA is not a bad thing. Think about it. 145 pounds, 155 pounds, 165, 175, 185, 205, heavyweight. That's how boxing does it. They don't nearly have the same amount of issues when it comes to weight cutting as MMA does. So going back to Anthony Smith. He used to compete at 185 pounds. He was not getting the best of his abilities. So what did he do? He actually moves up a weight class and just like Daniel Cerrone before him and even Anderson Silva, if we think about what he had done when he moved up to 205, he wrecked shop. He completely wrecked shop. So Anthony Smith, his first two fights at light heavyweight, he competed against Rashad Evans Destroyed him. Completely walked through him. After that, the number seven ranked Shogun Hua, former champion. Both men former champions. Both men a little long in the tooth. Understandably so. Anthony Smith did exactly what he was supposed to do and completely ran through. Knocked both of those men out in the first round. So what does he get all of a sudden? Congratulations. You get Volkan Oznamir, the number two ranked 
light heavyweight in the world. Volkan's last fight, like we discussed last time out. Volkan, his last fight, he fought against Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight championship. So Volkan's the real deal. What happened in the fight? First round came out and just like we expected, Volkan came out aggressively and fast. Landing his patented huge uppercut over and over again. I can't lie. Being somebody who actually picked Anthony Smith, I was a little worried. He was taking shots. Volkan, not only did he establish the center of the cage, he actually was able to push Alex Smith against the cage, land huge shots. Now, Anthony Smith was able to kind of weather the storm. He did something that actually I didn't expect him to do. He shot in for multiple takedowns. And if you actually saw what he was working on, he was trying to tire Volkan out. Now, obviously only time would tell if it worked, but the first round, absolutely I gave it to Volkan Ozunamir. Just because he dictated the pace and he landed the heavier shots. Now, second round. The beginning part of the round, more of the same. The men are battling for position, but... Absolutely, Volkan seemed like he was getting the better of the uh, the exchanges. And just to let you know a little bit about the exchange and, and, and to kind of see what I'm talking about. Total strikes for the fight. Volkan Ozemir landed 103 out of 175 shots. Anthony Smith landed a 67 out of 121. So Volkan absolutely started fast. Second round, more the same. Third round. Now, this is where things get interesting. Ozemir visibly slowed down. Anthony Smith took his best shots. And he kept coming forward. He was able to establish a takedown early in the third round, get Vulcan Ozemir's back, land some substantial ground to pound, and finish the fight. With four minutes and 26 seconds of Round number three. Right in the beginning of the round, he knocks, pretty much finishes him up. Um, great performance by Anthony Smith. Really, really solid performance by Volkan Ozemir. What happens to Anthony Smith after this? 100% he deserves a title shot. So we will go ahead and see what happens with, in December, light heavyweight championship will be defended by John Jones is making his comeback against Alexander Gustafson. They will fight to see who wins the uh, light heavyweight championship. The winner of that fight, in my opinion, should be fighting Anthony Smith. So great fight for Anthony Smith. Great submission. He proves that he belongs not only in this weight class, but he belongs at the very top. And he is very deserving of the title shot. All right, Coleman event. Coleman event was headline. It was Michael Johnson who took this fight on eight days notice against Artem Lobov, Conor McGregor's best friend and training partner. So uh, Artem Lobov has what I consider one of the saltiest records in MMA history. He is 14, 14, one and one. Um, Michael Johnson, on the other hand, is a little bit, again, he's also a little bit of a journeyman in his own right, but 
Michael Johnson, 20 wins, 13 losses. Michael Johnson was the, even though he came in on short notice, he was the favorite. I picked him to win. Michael Johnson, realistically, it was an entertaining fight. This fight was Michael Johnson landing shots, Arm Lobov not landing as many. If we look at what happens, total strikes landed. Michael Johnson, 101 strikes out of 222. He dictated the pace of the fight. He established the center. He landed the cleaner strikes. It was his fight. In my opinion, it was 30-27, unanimous decision. That is what he ended up winning by, unanimous decision victory against Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov is now 14 wins, 15 losses, 1-1. One and one. Um, If it was not for Conor McGregor being his best friend, <laughs> he probably wouldn't be in the UFC right now, honestly. Um, this was a great fight, short notice by Michael Johnson. He looked great, and he finally looks comfortable at 145 pounds. Now, he's somebody that's a little bit different. He's somebody that went from being a heavier guy at 155 pounds and he dropped weight classes. But he was a dude who honestly walked around close to 155 pounds, so this was a good move on his part. So, great fight, great win by Michael Johnson. I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, the rest of the car was entertaining. Um, Pat Cummings got a got submitted and beat by Misha Krzyzenkov, uh really quick. Um, and the other only other fight that I really wanted to discuss um, in this fight night was Gian Vellante versus Ed Herman. I had this picked on being my fight of the night. And it was a great fight. Split decision win for Gian Vellante. It really could have gone either way. It was there wasn't any really losers in this fight. If we look at the total strikes landed, Gian Vellante, 81 out of 217. Ed Herman, 85 or 224. Virtually identical. All right. Takedowns. Both men were didn't land any takedowns. I mean, realistically speaking, it was a very evenly matched fight. I wouldn't have been mad with the draw, but all in all, great fight. Um, both men should honestly move forward from this. I didn't think Ed Herman had as much left. He's been in the Crisbys, had this career for a very long time. He's moved up from a buck 85 to fight a 205. He's starting to kind of reestablish and revive his career. He still has a lot left, man. So salute to both men. Great fight. Great card all in all. Um, I can't complain at all about it. All right. Dazzin, Dazzin and HBO, uh, not as much Dazzin, HBO actually had one of their last cards of the year, they only have one more this year, and it was headlined by Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs, the miracle man, went out there and did easy work of his opponent, and actually walked through, and um, ended up getting an easy, uh, unanimous decision victory, after the fight, what did he do? He went out there and did exactly what I thought he should do. He calls out Canelo Alvarez. Now, that is such a compelling fight. Canelo Alvarez has a dance partner already signed up for January, but they are hope, hopeful that this fight can take place in May. So Danny Jacobs and Matchroom's promoter Eddie Hearn also said that they would like to see in May Danny Jacobs fight against Canelo Alvarez 
So we'll see what happens. If that happens, it will be one of the greatest things to happen for boxing. If Danny Jacobs does not get Canelo Alvarez, I would love to see either Demetrius Sandraj, who won last week and is also signed with Dazen, or we can finally see Danny Jacobs fight against one of my personal favorites, Jamal or Jamal Hitman Charlo. So we'll see what ends up happening. Great fights this weekend. The UFC, as much as I give them trash, this past week, it was a nice card in between UFC 229 and 230. Next week, not even next week, this weekend, Saturday, I can't wait. We have UFC 230. I will be back on Wednesday to uh, break that fight card down along with our fight news portion. Where we'll go ahead and break down all of the wonderful fight news going on in the combat sports world. With that being said, this is Serge Vicente and you are listening to the Fight Podcast. That's about all the time I have for today. I will be back here again on Wednesday and this is episode 46 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember the follow Follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. We are currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. Thank you so much for listening to the Fight Podcast. I am Serge Vicente, and we will see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>